0: Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge, Knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success? It's a no brainer. Think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity, share your story, and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business. People like Ian Payton, who's taken the course, launched their own podcast, and already in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. And you could be next. The 7 Million Bikes Podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality.
1: Hi, I'm A Aaron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A
2: W
0: D L Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hours worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to
2: you that's a-w-d-l-y Funny Productions.
0: Hey everyone, it's me again. If you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. In addition to listening to this show without the ads, you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well. Doesn't cost that much. You can get plans for as low as $1 a month. You can show the love and your support. Just go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S, and subscribe and listen and enjoy today. Again, that's patreon.com slash Hello, and welcome to a new season of Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. As we're recording this episode, Florida is taking a direct hit from Hurricane Ian. We do hope that everyone stays safe and is okay, and Florida officials are doing everything they can to protect the residents from the storm because they're afraid of competition when it comes to destroying the state. (laughs) (laughs) It made landfall just shy of being a Category 5 storm. And in less than 24 hours, it's expected to go back down to a category one, which just goes to show that Florida will suck the energy and sense of purpose out of anything. (laughs) At last check, cases of monkeypox infections are on a downward trend. Scientists say the monkeypox virus has the transmission rate of less than one person. That's a stupid way of putting it. How does that even work? Damn it, my left arm has monkey pox, but my right leg is in great shape. <laughs> Missouri Senator Josh Hawley wrote a book and started promoting it. The book is called Manhood. I thought selling your manhood was a prerequisite for joining the Trump caucus in Congress. So much for keeping the gender you were assigned at birth. <laughs> A teenager named Olivia Juliana raised $2 million online after being cyberbullied by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. Hopefully, it won't be the only time a teenage girl gets back at Matt Gates for trying to fuck her. <laughs> Los Angeles will vote on whether it will be the law for hotels to give any unoccupied rooms to the city's homeless population. This could work out very well if the measure passes and every single road comic would just relocate to L.A. and claim it as their home base. It's a plausible strategy as most comedians just like they're homeless anyway. (laughs) I mean, it's not much of a stretch. Most of us are basically squatters as it is. Elon Musk pulled out of his deal to buy Twitter. And to really piss them off, he did it in more than 280 characters. <laughs> Interestingly enough, 280 characters is now how many mouths Elon Musk will have to feed. <laughs> Tim Allen tweeted that Biden went on 60 Minutes and asked, how long does the show last? Coincidentally, that's what Tim Allen's audience asks whenever he's on stage. <laughs> <laughs> During one of the stops on his Got Back tour, former Beatle Paul McCartney performed at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Baltimore, Maryland. Now the Orioles know what to do if they ever want to get fans to pack the ballpark again. Have Paul McCartney DH. (laughs) Comedian Dane Cook married his 23-year-old girlfriend, whom he described as his longtime love. Who set them up? Crystalia? (laughs) (laughs) Someone should check to see if Dane Cook ever flew on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet. Uh. (laughs) A Target store in Dover, Delaware was destroyed by fire. Police want to find the assailant and thank him for doing the city of Dover a favor.
4: I like Target.
0: (laughs) And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming our panelists, Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojakowski, and Devine Kerr.
5: Yay. everyone, Yay. everyone welcome back uh how's everyone been doing this summer well i'm excited to be back tom and, and while we were away everything got better so what are we going to talk about
4: <laughs> <laughs> um i'm pretty excited my husband and i got the omicron booster and, and yes and i'm excited about that i know nothing's a hundred percent but i just feel you know i'm going to be performing stand-up in person in early november again and just the fact that you know we've gone out and and done a couple things it, it just i i feel just fabulous so that's how i am nice
3: Davine. how about yourself it's been busy i had to fly to canada and you know the border finally opened and they said it was strict, but I, everybody that flies to Canada catches COVID. So I came back, got sick, oh, no. but I, I went there to rescue my dad, but I'm completely useless, you know, as you can see. But then I came back and I just recently performed um, at the Kennedy Center on Friday. That was amazing. Nice. But their COVID um, regulation was more strict than the Canadian border and the airport. So that was insane. You know, like I had to submit a test the day of, could you imagine canceling a whole show one hour before if my test was negative?
0: (laughs) Anyways, that's what happened with the Rolling Stones in I think Amsterdam Mick Jagger caught COVID literally right before, or he was tested positive for COVID. Right. Literally right before the show. So like, you know, if, if I'm a, if I'm a comic and I have to do a show and, say Pittsburgh and it gets canceled. I think, oh fuck, I gotta travel to Pittsburgh again. Like if you're if you're on an international tour, like, fuck, I gotta fly to Amsterdam again.
3: <laughs> I, I lined up tons of, of, of nostrils in my backyard and got many people volunteering their negative. <laughs> I'm like, come in my house and I'll smoke. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? <laughs> oh my God. It's like
0: Michelle, That's- why do you want to go back out and perform again I get I- this right? I I was shocked to hear that Donald Trump stole classified nuclear secrets when he left the White House. The closest thing he's ever come to anything nuclear is the compacted fast food he passes through his colon. (laughs) In many ways, I can relate to what Trump did when he left the White House. When I quit my job at a liquor store, I stole a shit ton of beer and whiskey. The sad part is that Trump stealing classified documents is the closest he will ever come to intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) joining us tonight to discuss the search at mar-a-lago and everything related to that please welcome back to the show our good friend ward morrow thanks tom ward i imagine um like this like like this news like the search at mar-a-lago and all the stuff that's come out since then that's been sort of a gold mine for uh uh, for uh, the legal profession and, and great legal scholars and, and the like. So, of course, I'd, I'd just be interested to hear, uh, hear your take on all this. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> well, you know,
1: it's interesting when you have all that classified material, there's kind of like two ways it gets out of there. One is either Trump took it out himself or he had people do it for him. But if he had people do it for him, you, you've now seen – but it says classified on it. So if you don't have a security clearance, that should be a note to you that maybe you shouldn't be handling this stuff. Um, so when they're wondering, like, who's the source for this, you know, this warrant? Well, I, I guess anybody <laughs> put their hands on this stuff and looked at it, had, you know, two brain cells would be able to say, yeah, this is probably something we shouldn't have. Um, I'm guessing there's got to be some really interesting stuff and there may be even some incriminating stuff that Trump is worried about because. Clearly, you know, he wanted to get everything out of there. and Of course, he went to Mar-a-Lago because that's literally his last resort.
4: Um. <laughs> oh, a- yeah, you leave <laughs> the funny stuff to the comics, Ward.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's going to be know, angling what? the open for you, Michelle,
5: in November. Watch out. And, and so, Ward, Ward it, I, I spent 31 years in the federal government and I was never told and i never heard that you could psychically declassify a
1: document. Have you ever heard that? No. I mean, I know that supposedly the CIA had people that would stare at goats and stuff. So, I mean, there may be some (laughs) stuff out there that we just weren't let in on, but I mean, I have represented people that have had security clearances and and I've had a a clearance myself when I worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Baltimore. Um, It's not easily given. And while I don't know what it's like now, as it was 20 some years ago when I had it, but my guess is that if you had seven bankruptcies, you're probably not going to get a security clearance. I know. <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're having sex with a porn star while your wife is having a baby, um, that might show some lack of judgment and you might not get a security clearance. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the fact that this guy, if he wasn't president, he shouldn't have even been in like the same state as, you know, secure material. A lot of this stuff is not just security, but top secret segmented information that you're only supposed to be you know, looking at in a skiff, which I thought was something to do with a boat. But, but apparently, you know, it's a special room that you got to go into. And that special room is usually not a seaside resort. It's usually something a little more secure than that. So it's also the question of who has access to this stuff. I mean, he's worried that the FBI came in with a search warrant. You can have a maid come in and just pick up the stuff and walk out. Um, it was apparently strewn all over the place. I don't think it was secure anywhere. And the most interesting stuff seemed to be that he had some of the most highly top secret stuff in the drawer and his desk next to his passports. Wow. That's kind of a unique place to put that stuff. I mean, those are some of your most important things would be your passports. But there's a lot going on here. Um, and even Bill Barr, who, you know, is certainly not, you know, any liberal by any stretch. I mean, he even came in and said, well, they were clearly jerking around DOJ. I mean, They knew they had the material. They gave up some. They got a a subpoena for more. Um, They still kept some back. So, you know, at what point do you pull the trigger? Uh, You know, even Barr, his attorney general, was saying, yeah, you know, at some point you got to go in and get the stuff. Um, And it's not stuff (laughs) that he should have. I mean, I don't think there's any way in which Trump can argue he should have had the stuff. Even if it was declassified, he still shouldn't have had the stuff. It's not his stuff. So no matter which way he argues it, first they planted the stuff, So they they planted the classified material. Well, why does he want it back? Why wouldn't he just say it's okay? Um, Take it. It's not mine. Um, Seems very weird. And then the the stuff that they planted, he declassified. So I guess he was clairvoyant enough to know (laughs) when he was declassifying stuff telepathically. He knew what was (laughs) going to be planted at Mar-a-Lago before all that occurred. (laughs) It doesn't make common sense.
0: It is scary that the one surefire way to get a security clearance if you're in massive debt to who knows how many companies and how many you know, foreign businesses that all you have to do is just get help from someone with foreign connections to get to be president of the United States. And then boom, that's how you got it. That's there's a loophole.
4: I, I think I know why he did it, because you know how you hear some actors or actresses when they leave, uh, particularly good series they've been on or a movie they might take a little token you know (laughs) to remember it by well he just took you know like 15 boxes of classified stuff I mean same
1: thing (sighs) it's just shocking I mean no other person on the planet would be in this situation I mean if they went into my house to classify documents you know out of my bedroom or my office I'd be in jail overnight
5: And, Uh and and should be um yeah.
4: Absolutely, I don't understand why he's not. Why? Why haven't they gone after him, Ward?
1: Well, well, you know, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask for this reason. When I read through the Mueller report, and they found ten separate instances of obstruction of justice, and Mueller himself said, "Well, when he's not president, yeah, you could prosecute him for all this stuff." Day one, man, if I was Attorney General, I'd be calling back the Mueller people and saying, "Okay, if there's enough to indict, do it today." Um, clearly you've investigated this stuff. Don't let the statute of limitations run on these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's problems with that, but I mean, it's also, you don't want to get in a tit for tat of, well, the ex president, let's go after him. Let's impeach every president. Let's, you know, let's mess with every president. And if it literally was something as simple as he kept some documents he shouldn't have had, um, or he wanted to keep the documents and he hadn't talked to the archives people and gotten there. Okay. Cause presidents do that maybe he wanted to keep his love letter from north korea or whatever <laughs> you know fine it's probably not national security stuff anymore we all know they were you know buddies and held hands and walked around um but this other stuff you know whatever the dirt is he's got on the prime minister of france that's usually not something you would want to keep and just say "Oh, i want to hang on to the dirt on the guy in france um i don't think they'd let you keep that and i think you would know that you probably can't keep
0: Donald Trump feels the need to get his message and his response to the search at Mar-a-Lago out as quickly as possible. To do this, he uses his safe space to get undiluted, yet heavily diluted, talking points to
2: his supporters,
0: as these clips from his interview on Fox's Hannity demonstrate.
2: Let's talk about where we are right now. We're at Mar-a-Lago. Where were you when you heard that your personal home was being raided? And what did you think? Uh, I was in New Jersey. I got a call in the morning from somebody that's here. You know, person works. Sir, the FBI just came in. I said, "What? The FBI? Who?" And they go, "The FBI." And I said, "How many people? Many, many people. Sir, many, many people." Well, No, it's a horrible thing. But wait a minute. But why? They, they shopped. This guy. They, they shopped. shopped. They went to a magistrate that hates me. A magistrate that recused himself not long ago in another case because he hated Trump. He's a Clinton person and an Obama person. And I understand that. But he hated Trump. And for a smaller case that was less meaningful, he decided to recuse himself. For a very important case for the country, he decided that I'll take this one. Now, he didn't do it because of his hatred of Trump. I don't know why he hates me, but he hates me. Maybe he doesn't like strong military, low taxes, good education. He, he, he might like $6 a gallon gasoline. Well, he's got it. He's got he, it. He does That's in many he's places. Got. We know and we've been able to confirm and reported, widely believed. First of all, the, the media, you all got it wrong on the Russia issue. My show got it right. Pulitzer Prizes should yeah. be returned. I'll take they that. Have, they are 100% yeah. wrong. They got it wrong. They
0: got it wrong. The way Sean Hannity was acting, I mean, he was af- probably afraid that looking at the wall, if he asked the wrong question, then the walls were going to do something that would make his face melt like in Raiders of the Lost Ark.
5: That, that was quite a uh, quite an a, a, uh, incisive interview with probing questions, <laughs> especially when he, when he said maybe they like $6 gas prices. And he uh, did not acknowledge the fact that there were a plethora of judges out there who are quote-unquote Trump judges. But he uh, th- those to him are are unbiased. Uh, the, other, the rest of them are all against him.
3: Don't know why they hate him, though. Don't know.
0: Everybody hates their boss. Come on. <laughs> I mean, especially this one. They just look at him and go... God, that guy's a dick. I mean, we've all we've all said that about bosses at some point.
1: I just want to know when the ketchup hit the fan on that one.
4: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's two. What did I say? You're the lawyer. You're not the
1: funny guy.
0: <laughs> Someone has TV to vote. be on this show.
1: Hey, <laughs> ah. but yeah, I mean, you see how cool and calm he was? Like, yeah, that was just that was really bad, really, really bad. I, you know, I, I think if. Something like that happened. One of two things. I mean, if it was really unfair, I would be apoplectic. I would be screaming and yelling. Like, like I cannot believe this. This is a horrible. He was like, yeah, well, you know, it was bad. Like, he expected it. <laughs> he was yeah, not he's a shocker. He was
4: thinking there. about himself in the third person. He doesn't yeah. like Trump. He doesn't like Trump.
5: what well, took him so long, he was thinking? <laughs>
0: As quickly as Republicans are to espousing the values of law and order, they are just as quick to throw it out the window when covering up for one of their compatriots. In these two clips, we can see the pathway of Florida Senator Marco Rubio from skeptic to acolyte. Senator, good morning. Good morning. morning. Did someone hit the panic button last night? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I can just tell you that a con artist is about to take take over the Republican Party and the conservative movement, and we have to put a stop to it. And part of it is, look at the report you guys just did. Donald Trump last night had no answers on the issue of health care, and if you listen to that report that just led into this, the media is pumping him up as some sort of unstoppable force. Donald Trump has portrayed himself now consistently as fighting for the working people, and he has a record of sticking it to working people for 35 years. If any other candidate in this race had his record, there would be nonstop reporting on it. But unfortunately, he's being pumped up because many in the media with a bias know that he'll be easy to beat in a general
5: election. You've been very vocal
3: about the search of uh, former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate.
0: You called it unconstitutional. Yes.
5: Do you still stand by that? I do, and I'll tell you why. Number
0: one, because there is the fundamental question of separation of powers about if, if this is this is really at its core a storage argument that they're making, right? They're arguing there are documents there. They don't deny that he should have access to those documents. What they deny is that they were not properly stored. I don't think a fight over storage of documents is worthy of what they've done, which is a full-scale raid and then these constant leaks. That's the second problem. It's the PR behind all this
3: yeah the rate is very bad.
0: <laughs> and like the older I get, like the more I can relate to some older people I've met who, you know, when I was growing up, used to say, like when I would get excited about a particular candidate for public office, they used to tell me that you know, politicians weren't worth looking up to because they don't stand on any principle whatsoever. I watch clips like that side by side, and I think to myself, Oh no fucking wonder. I feel like being a cranky old
5: codger, too. Mm -hmm. Storage? A storage issue? That's the best he can do? Yeah, that's the takeaway. (laughs) He's equating a safe space within a government facility which has guards with his overpriced Motel 6? Are you kidding me? (laughs) On the floor versus a safe? Rubio is even stupider than I thought. Thanks, Tom. Go Val Dennings.
1: And, and really, it's, it's beyond storage. It's, he, is, he has property that doesn't belong to him. Usually that's called theft. Um, right. and, it, and it's not just theft of like some cigarettes and some bread. You know, it's not a you know, Jean Valjean kind of thing. I'm feeding my family. <laughs> no, the, this is the guy with like nuclear secrets. Dirt on the French prime minister. I mean, that's that. where do you store that stuff? That's not a storage thing. That's some of America's top secret you know, national security stuff. And you've taken that without being allowed to have it. And God knows if he's shared it with anybody else. The last time I saw that happen, I think it was like the Rosenbergs. And I think we know what happened to them. Um, so it's not a, just a storage thing unless the Rosenbergs storing our nuclear secrets with the Soviets. Um, You know, it was was okay, and apparently wasn't back then, so I'm not sure why any of this is okay now.
5: When I worked for the federal government, I worked on the confidential financial disclosure reports. The key word there is confidential, and I reviewed hundreds of them every year. I had to review them in the building. I worked from home once in a while, but I was not allowed to take them out of the office because there was a risk that I might leave them somewhere. They had confidential information. Therefore, I had to keep them in the building and it, it made me uh, keep them safe. And I kept the information in, in, a, uh, in safe corners of the federal building. This guy's taking uh, boatloads of documents out
0: in other words, it would have been really bad if you had left one of those documents that say RFD during a Thursday night show and like Kason Wilson had picked it up and posted it all over his social media, basically.
5: But if that's right. If I left w- uh, Ward's SF 450, that was the number for the document, on the Metro and somebody picked it up, I could have gotten fired because I took a confidential document out of a government building. One document.
0: And this would be a really great podcast episode if that actually <laughs> happened, like if you actually did that to a <laughs> But I wouldn't and then,
1: do that. Let, let's, let, let's, let's put this in perspective. It's not just doing that, but then it's lying about having it. Then it's about saying you don't have it and obstructing justice. I mean, the worst part here, if, if, even if it comes down to just, oh, he didn't storm right. Okay, but then why did he obstruct justice? How is that okay?
0: Right. Trump's obsession with other world leaders and how they are perceived was a consistent trait during his presidency, and it is reflected in the document dump, as this CNN interview with French President Emmanuel Macron shows us.
1: Lastly, I want to ask you, uh, former President Trump, there was an FBI raid on his Mar-a-Lago estate. I'm sure you've read about it. Reports are that some of the material, some of the classified material that the FBI found was about you. Um, I'm wondering if anybody has briefed you on this, and if you have
5: any idea what that information is. I read some newspaper about that, like you about the books. Uh, if you have more information, I would be delighted to share them.
2: But you don't. You don't know what it is. Nobody's talked to you about it.
5: I'm not part of the FBI. I'm not one of the of President Trump's lawyers. I have no information about that. I, I will not say it's extremely pleasant to, to, I mean, to see this type of information. I, I try to be a less paranoiac each day, so, I mean, I'm cool, I'm here, <laughs> and I would be delighted to have more information, but it's not in my, yeah, it's not on my side.
0: I would love to have more information. Go ahead and say how the documents mentioned that I was a poon hound and quite a sexy one at that. <laughs>
3: I'm French. We always take long vacations.
5: I never worry about anything. <laughs> what did Jake Tapper expect him to say there? But there's a pee pee tape.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that is it. That is three word. <laughs> that guy has a great accent. French accents. You know, they could find all, <laughs> all kinds of horrible stuff about him. And he would just say, I, I did not do what they say I did. And and people would be like, oh, OK.
0: <laughs> he didn't have to go that far. He could just say, I'm cool. <laughs>
4: I know, I'm cool. <laughs>
0: he
3: actually sounds like a French duck. And I, I have a more uh, objective opinion on French accent. And his is really obnoxious, by the way.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Anyway,
3: it's very squeaky. Oh, yeah.
0: The Cincinnati FBI field office shooter posted on his Truth Social page, be an American, not a steer. The steer is the animal that they kill to make a hamburger. The hamburger is the most grilled meat in this country. Hell, if bald eagles weren't revered and protected, Trump supporters would be grilling those. If enough Trump supporters get killed this way, then Republicans may change their mind and actually want dead people to vote. In this video, a Twitter user mocks the dedication Trump supporters demonstrate.
4: What's up, fellow patriots? It's me, MagaMan62, and uh, I've been challenged by Groiper Dave and BenghaziAdvenger89 to do the Donald J. Trump challenge, which entails me driving headfirst into a brick wall of the nearest heavily fortified federal building, then pouring gas <laughs> myself, uh, getting out, tasing myself in the balls, which it, it will ignite the gasoline, and then falling down into a puddle of my own piss shit and blood and fire. <laughs> and I'm doing
1: steel the show up
4: and shoot me in the face, and I'm doing all this to protest <laughs> the unfair treatment of our last and one and only true president of the United States, Donald John Trump. All right, let's roll.
0: <laughs> I have to say, just mad props to that guy, and you know he, he's, a, he's a Twitter follower of mine uh, at Elron Mexico. And I mean he has a lot of stuff on that feed that's just
5: absolutely
4: that's hilarious that guy, he, he,
5: for a second you thought it was real. I like yeah. the name of, I like the, the names of his uh, fake followers there his challenge yeah. uh, gazi <laughs> Avenger.
4: I, I don't know if anyone else noticed this or maybe it's just me the cadence, the manner in which he spoke. Um, it reminded me a lot of Mitch Hedberg, the late
3: oh teacher. yeah
0: like yeah, maybe I'm if fine. he did crystal meth like that
3: and and turn his back to the camera you know because he wouldn't he was too shy to face the audience but it's funny because <laughs> it's ever. true oh yeah he, he's my he's my hero
0: <laughs> who this uh guy on twitter i just brought up no mitch oh I'm getting ready to say, I mean, I used to like Mitch, but now I like this guy. I mean, <laughs>
4: that guy's pretty funny. That was funny.
0: At Elron, Mexico.
3: It's funny because it's true. They, they are that devoted and blindly sheeps. It's insane. You know, like I, mm-hmm. meanwhile, Justin Trudeau can even get respected. Did you hear he was singing Bohemian Rhapsody on the day that the, of the Queen's funeral? And he got so much shit for that. Who was Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, he's he sang a Queen song on the day of the Queen's funeral and now everybody's giving him backlash but Donald Trump gets away with stealing. It makes no sense to me. Like, uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. I would have thought he would have sang like God Save the Queen, She Ain't No Human Being by the Sex Pistols because on that day technically she wasn't a human being anymore.
4: <laughs> oh, <Tom>.
0: goodness. <laughs> and on that note, That's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojakowski, Devine Kerr, and Ward Morrow. Hey! But before we go, a quick final thought. People often think that when they hear me on a stage or on this podcast, or when they read any of my social media feeds or comments, that I'm punching down. They even assume that somehow that makes me a bigot or a racist. Well, nothing could be further from the truth, for no matter what race, creed, color, or place of origin, You'll find that I hate everybody equally. In fact, recently, in the span of 24 hours, I was called a quote unquote woke pussy and a quote unquote misogynistic asshole. You know what that means? By pissing off both sides, I'm basically the closest that anyone can get to perfection. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Eisen, Michelle Wojakowski, and Devine Kerr and guest Ward Morrow. Theme music by Euron Vandenberg. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon for bonus clips, extended episodes, and more benefits. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers.
2: Hi everyone! I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. a ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here?
4: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you
1: how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.